If you saw the movie recently about the crucifixion of Christ, you saw how terrible his beating was. If anything, it was much worse than what we saw on the screen. From the passage we just read, we saw what was going through his mind as he suffered there such a horrible punishment. He was thinking about us. It was not like what was depicted in the movie. He was thinking of us. By his stripes, we are healed, scourged for us. He would have received this beating, though, without clothes on him, and there was probably very little skin left intact after they were finished. And then they would have put his own clothes back on him. And what does cloth do when it, it comes in contact with an open wound? Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it clings immediately to that open flesh. Well, let's pick up Matthew's account, beginning with verse 26, chapter 27, verse 26. It says, Well, then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. So he, there was the beating that he went through. Well, then they would have put his clothes back on him. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus to the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. Verse 28 says they stripped him, thus opening up all of those wounds again. And then they put a scarlet robe on him, again, clinging to all those wounds. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hell, king of the Jews! Hell, king of the Jews! And they spat on him, and they took the robe, the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took off the robe off him, Again, that would have opened up all of those wounds, and they put his own clothes back on him, and they led him away to be crucified. Wow. And he did not cry out. Matter of fact, we don't even have him uttering a word during this time. Well, when they would have gotten him to the place of Golgotha, there they would have stripped him again before crucifying him. Our Lord, it says in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down by the right hand of the throne of God. That joy that was before him was for you and I, that we might be able to reconnect with God. So how should this make us feel, that he went through all this for us? How does it make us feel? Grateful? Indebted? Appreciative? I hope so. So how should we show that gratitude to him? Go out and try to feed the world? Well, that's what some have done. Maybe, maybe we should give away all our wealth and work as a public servant the rest of our lives. Well, again, some have done that. Or, or maybe build charities to take care of the underprivileged. And some have done that. Or build hospitals to heal diseases. And some have done that. You name it. It's been done, supposedly, to show gratitude to God and appreciation to Him. But you know, my friend, why not? Let's ask God again and find His answer. Because, you see, it is recorded what He instructed His disciples to do in, rega in regard to their gratitude for His death for them. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the final instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples before he went back to heaven. 
He tells them what they're to do to show their appreciation for his suffering for their sins. Now, if we combine these three accounts, we'll get the full, full picture of what he instructed them. Each account adds new information that the others did not add or did not include. So, after we read them, we'll compile them and summarize them so we can get the clearest answer to the question, what is it that God wants us to do to show our appreciation for what he did for us? We started Matthew, Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and said and spoken to them, saying, All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So he told them to go, make disciples, baptize, and continue teaching. Turning to Mark 16, we see his instructions. Uh, There's more information according to Mark. He said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. So belief is added here in Mark's account. As we turn to Luke 24, we see more information added. Luke 24 and verse 46, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So, let's summarize these three passages. They were to begin at Jerusalem and to go to all nations and preach and make disciples to all nations. He who believes it repents of sins and is baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remission of sins will be saved. And then they were to continue to teach them to observe all things that he had commanded them. Well, did they do this? Did they obey Jesus? He told them to go to Jerusalem and wait. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 14, we find there Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. There they are, in Jerusalem. Just as Jesus told them to wait, and they were to begin at Jerusalem. Verse, and it sounds like he's preaching, doesn't it? Well, look at verse 22, and we'll see, in fact, he was. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, he's preaching. Jesus told them to preach, did he not? Well, he's continuing on preaching, and then when we get to verse 36, he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, to know assuredly, is that another way of saying you need to really believe this? Well, yes, isn't it? You need to really believe that God hath made Jesus both Lord and Christ. Did Jesus tell them to teach belief? Well, yeah. So, there they're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Now, verse 37 it gives their response. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Did Jesus tell them to teach repentance? Yes. Did he tell them to teach baptism and baptizing them the people? Yes. Did he tell them to teach remission of sin? Yes. So they're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Picking up where we left off, it says, For the promises to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he did testify and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. 
Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, depending on your translation, if you use King James, you'll notice that those last two words are italicized, to them. Thus, that indicates that there's no Greek word to correspond to those two English words, to them. And so if we read it leaving that out, uh, it leaves a question. Let's read it that way. It says, and that day about 3,000 souls were added. Now we don't know what they were added to because those words are not there. If you go on to, down to verse 47, you'll find out the word added is used again and it answers our question. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So what were they being added to? Yes, that's right, the church. And who added them to the church? Uh, the Lord did. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And if you have your Bible in front of you, you'll go back to verse 41 and find out what was it the people did to cause the Lord to add them to his church. And as we read that verse again, it says, And those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added. By who? The Lord. Added to what? The church. So here we have the answer. Our sin separated us from God. But because of God's love for us and his selfless activity, his concern for our disconnection from him, he gave his only son to die for our sins so that we might reconnect with him. So how, do, how are we going to show our appreciation for this? What should we do in response to what we just learned? 